You can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right? Let's go. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. Hey, guys, where else would you rather be? This is Hour 2 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson on the WRAD Talk Network. All right, we're grooving right into our second hour here on this Tuesday afternoon. Jermaine Farrell, David Smith, coming up in just a little bit. We've also been talking about the ACC basketball tournament. Joining us now from Greensboro, he'll be on the call tonight. Mike Burnup joins us, the Tech Hall of Famer. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm doing good, Rick. How about you? Oh, we're hanging in there, man. Um, you know, warm weather, sunshine. I like that. Going to be a little chilly at night, but I don't mind. No precipitation. I think maybe, maybe we're on the other side of this thing. I hope so. Well, that would be nice. It was beautiful here yesterday, probably 71 degrees, and uh, got all the trees have bloomed. Nice to be back in Greensboro again, and uh, got rid of the Rainbow Court. <laughs> the women were playing Yay! on although it was although it was kind of pretty <laughs> but, yeah but it's good it's good to be back down here and um not not always good to play on the first day but that's the way it is sometimes yeah and, and let's talk about that and of course you get the night game uh tonight at seven o'clock and tech has to start their run of what they hope is five games in five days here against uh Notre Dame, but uh, did build some momentum, Mike, that final week, right, with those two wins. Now, it was two games I know they were expected to win, they were favored to win, but still, how much do you think that helps this team headed back into the tournament? Well, it can't hurt, right? I mean, you never know, because last year they lost to Clemson the last game of the season, and Coach was just beside himself of how bad they played. And then you go up there and you draw Clemson in the first round, got to have a miracle shot at the end just to win that game, and then you go on a roll, right? So you just don't know. Now they've won two in a row, and they do have some confidence and some momentum, uh, but you just don't know how that translates well into tonight's game against you know, a good Notre Dame team that can shoot the ball well. So you know, Mike Bray, I'm sure he'll have them ready. It's his last go-around, last tournament, and um, you know they got some really good players. And uh, it would be a tall order to win five in five days, but you just take them one at a time and and see. The crazy thing is, Rick is like you mentioned tonight's the night game at seven o'clock. If you keep winning, yeah, every one of the next games is at nine thirty. I saw which, that, as you know, would be like nine fifty. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, everything's going to be late at night. My goodness, that's a lot of sitting around the next day if you do keep advancing, right? For everybody, yeah. Yeah, and the coach hates those 9 o'clock games. I mean, it's yeah, like sure. Worst time at all. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. You just got to start winning first and then go from there. Shoot out the first time those two teams played right at their place. Both teams, uh, both offenses played very well against one another. Oh, my gosh. That was a shootout. It was crazy. Who would have thought that you'd have that many points? But, yeah, I mean, it was one of those things. I mean, that, um, Notre Dame scored, what, 90 points or something like that? Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah. You can't make that up. So, was a little bizarre. Um, Coach still watched the film last night. We were down there, and he was just aggravated with the way they played defense and the way they didn't defend. So, obviously, that's going to be the first key is to see if you can uh, do a little bit better than that. Mike Burnett joining us on the program, the Virginia Tech 
Hall of Famer. Um, so this team, how, how's the mindset of the guys? I mean, they know the task at hand. Young people, they just want to play games anyway. So how, how are the guys feeling confidence-wise going into this thing? You know, they're still good. They still stick together. I mean, they're, they're laughing and having a good time. And, you know, most of them were here last year. And uh, so I know I think they know what it takes to get going. Uh, they understand that their offense is usually pretty good. I mean, when you think about you know how they played to Florida State, you put up eighty some points, eighty two points against Florida State. You put up seventy one, I guess it was against Louisville. And um, you know when they're making shots, it's it's pretty easy. It's all about defense and rebounding, and you know and getting back in transition. So those will be the keys tonight because. That's a veteran team for Notre Dame that can shoot the ball really well, and you got to locate them and transition. And last time, you know, Lachesky was the guy that had like 33 points. I mean, he just torched the Hokies, couldn't locate him, and uh, it seemed like he just made shot after shot. So that'll be a big key tonight, obviously. Yeah, that's a great point you make. And I know Notre Dame had a poor season. They're going to be losing their coach. But the fact that they are so experienced – Sometimes, Mike, these are the types of teams that go on a run in their conference postseason tournament, even despite the kind of year they had in the regular season. Well, the thing about last year, as bad as they were, would they win a couple games in the NCAA yeah, tournament? Yeah, and So, yeah, you just never know. You can't count anybody out. I think that's the beauty of the tournament and the mindset that you have to have is that, hey, everybody's got a shot at this thing. And, you know, the way this season went in the ACC, it's just kind of up and down. You never know, just like the 25-point turnaround that Miami uh, loses to Florida State, right? <laughs> the biggest comeback ever. So you never know what might happen in this tournament. Um, but everybody starts at 0-0. And those that have had mediocre or bad seasons have a chance to right the ship. And so, yeah, you just don't know. you got to be prepared. Would you tab anybody as a favorite, Mike? I mean, you've seen all these teams. I mean, Duke's playing really well. Miami's number one seed, but you mentioned they had the hiccup against Florida State. Pitt, I can't get a read on them. I mean, yeah. I mean, what do you think? Is there a team that stands out to you that might be the favorite in this thing, or is there not really one this year? Well, I don't know. I think the top three teams would be Miami. I thought it was the best team in the league until that happened. You get the player of the year, right, Isaiah Wong. And now uh, you got a lot of good parts to that thing, a lot of NIL money playing, right? Right. <laughs> so, sure, sure. I think <laughs> I think they're pretty daggone good. And Duke is playing really, really well. And then you got to throw Virginia in there because – their defense is good. They've played well, and uh, it's hard to score against them. And they got a bunch of seniors and veteran guys. I think those three teams right there probably have the best shot. Mike Burnham joining us on the program, the Virginia Tech Hall of Famer. He'll be on the call tonight as Tech tries to start their run of playing five straight days tonight against the Fighting Irish. Probably uh, should be on time, right? The other game's at 4.30. Should be pretty close to on time tonight anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 2 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 4.37. Yeah, it should be pretty close anyway. Yeah, that'll be the only night you Hopefully. get to enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, I know, I know. I mean, it's so crazy, too. We were there yesterday, and uh, we were going to set up. And so, you know, the place was pretty empty. Uh, they had shoot-around times, the one-hour shoot-around times to those last six teams. And um, so we're there, and then, like, some of the radio crews have set up. Mm-hmm. So we asked if we could set up, and they said, well, no. We don't have room yet. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> what do you mean you don't have room? They're set up. They're set up. They're set up. And they said, well, you're taking the spot that the Florida State game is at. So you'll you'll take their spot when the game is over. And they're playing in the first game. I thought, well, that's crazy. You got this, all this room here. You yeah. can't set up today. Right. <laughs> right. That didn't make sense. 
So you can't but, you can't set up any of your radio gear till that game's over. So that game's over, yeah. How about that? <sighs> and then they've got post game and all that to get into. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, it was a little little bit they were a little bit flabbergasted. Yeah. I don't know if they've gotten over the women's tournament yet or not. It's like you go get pick up your credentials and they're not there. Uh, they got boxes of them, right? But the ones we needed weren't there. And so we had to wait for those. <laughs> Somebody had them down, down, down below. And I thought, why do you have them down below? <laughs> oh, gosh. One of those things. Uh, you're right. And they're... then the crazy thing is, it's three weeks in a row. I mean, they had the women all week, right, to get the men this week. And they're in those first two rounds So of the NCAA. So it's a busy month for uh, down the old Greensboro College. <laughs> it is. It is. Well, the best news is they're changing the court around because they got to be honest, that may have been the worst-looking court I've ever seen during the women's tournament. That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was something. This one's pretty plain, although they had not put the decals down yesterday with the New York life and all that. But, uh, yeah, it was just pretty standard old court yesterday. So we'll see how they dress it up, Greensboro along the baseline. But uh, none of the decals are down yet. Mike, it looks like Joe Lenardi still sticking with five teams out of the ACC. You think that's going to be uh, time and tell? I guess we, it depends on what happens, right, if somebody like Carolina goes on a run here. But right now he's got Carolina out of the tournament. It's hard to believe the preseason number one might be the first team ever to have that honor in the AP poll and not make the tournament. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? It is. I mean, and they had everybody back, really, for the most part. And so, yeah, it's just nuts. It's like, what do you – are they bored? Are they just waiting for the tournament? Are they, you know, there were some other things going on behind the scenes, the rumor were, was, and so you just, you don't know what's motivating that team, but that's that's a pretty high fall uh, when you start out that and you not even rank, much less you don't even get in the tournament, that would be kind of crazy. And then you wonder, would they even play in the NIT or are they had enough? And so what happens if you, when you think about it, if the Hokies are the 11th seed in the ACC, so they finish in 11th place, they only take five teams. Well, then that means there's five teams still in front of Virginia Tech, right, to go to the NIT. Right. And then by the time you feel, figure out the automatic bids for the NIT, the teams that you know maybe won the regular season, lost the tournament, get the automatic bids. Well, how many are you going to take from the ACC? You're probably not going to take six teams, right? So then you wonder if this could be the one and only run that the Hokies get. So – Kind of like last year, you know, you had to win it all pretty much probably to get in the NCAA tournament. So you never know. I mean, uh, these next games, these next few days will determine, you know, how many wins you get and how favorable uh, you are looking forward. That's true. And still, what, just the 32 spots in the NIT? Yeah. That's a great yeah. point you make. You're, that's a great point. I don't think people are thinking about it. A lot of people think Texas U in for the NIT, but that's – yeah, I mean, you got a lot in the pecking order you have to go through there potentially. That's that's a great point. Sure. And I don't know that you'd want six teams, for example, out of the ACC to get in the NIT. I mean, I just I don't see that happening. That's right, because they want it to be a, um, a countrywide tournament as opposed to kind of like a regional yeah. invitational. So that's true. Yeah. That's very true. But it could be the net, too. You know, a lot of it goes by the net. Yeah. The yeah. net may be higher than, you know, whatever, the 8-9 10 teams, I don't know. You just never know. Some teams may, may vote, uh, we don't want to play in the NIT. Yeah, that's Who true, knows? too. A lot of them might just say, not. Nah, we're not interested. <laughs> not going to go there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. He is uh, the Virginia Tech Hall of Famer, Mike Burnham, joining us on the program. 
Well, Mike, uh, let's talk a little bit about football here. Um, as far as I know, no movement, or at least nothing's been announced yet about uh, the offensive line or quarterback coaches, new coaches coming in. Have you heard anything about when that might be decided? I have not. And the crazy thing is, you know, it's spring break over there, and the place is pretty quiet. I mean, we left. It wasn't nearly the crowd that you had hoped for for senior day for the Florida State basketball game. You know, I think the regular people pretty much showed up. Um, but the castle guard was not there, and you know a lot of people were watching baseball, softball. So it was it was kind of interesting. So I think the coaches probably are gone on vacation. You know, this is kind of the last two rod before spring practice starts, and so I don't know. I'm sure they're working the phones. I'm sure Brittany is working the phones and trying to figure this thing out. But it's not ideal, obviously, to be missing two coaches before the start of spring practice, which will be you know next week. So. Um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, we're talking, what, the 16th? Is that the first day of practice? So, I think yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Next week. And if they're on spring break this week, it's like what happens during this time. And, you know, some of the other teams around the country have already started spring practice, especially, you know, teams down in the south and whatnot. And so, yeah, you just you just don't know what who's on the pecking order list, who wants to leave, how much you got to pay them. You know what the situation is going to be like. You know if you get if you get rejected by one, you know you got to move along. And all that stuff just takes time, right? Mm-hmm. It does. And, um, it does. It's hard when you you're missing you know, one of the main cogs when you have no offensive line coach, and that's kind of where it all starts. That makes it difficult. That is going to be difficult. I think that might even be more difficult for me, Mike, than the than the coach's coach. I mean. I mean, then the quarterback's coach, because you know oh, yeah. he's going to work yeah. with the offensive coaches anyway. But, yeah, to not have that guy there trying to structure what he wants and the blocking scheme, that just seems like that's a pretty huge void right now on that staff. Yeah, it is. It's not – and definitely it's not ideal. And again, with Tebow, Tyler Bowen working – the offensive coordinator can work with the quarterback he does anyway. Right, right. So right. that's certainly something you could cover up. But the offensive line is tougher. So now you just got to get, I guess, one of the assistants or – however they work it, to come in and try to do what you want to do. And then you just hope when you hire somebody, hopefully it'll be sooner than later, the terminology and all that stuff doesn't change too. Because then if you're not able to get on the field as much and you're trying to make that stuff do, boy, that makes the start of the season a little more difficult. It does. And, you know, you don't want to spend too much time. I guess my point is learning stuff as opposed to going out there and doing it, right? It's like, and all the terminology and all that kind of stuff is not great. Well, Mike, earlier I was talking, you know, uh, we lost Coach Hicks um, over yeah, the weekend, yeah. and I know you uh, knew him very well, and I know how close he was with Coach Beamer. We were talking about all the running and the things that Coach Hicks was kind of ahead of the curve in, many of the things he was ahead of the curve in as a high school coach. Like, he never used water as a punishment. Like, he, he understood the importance of hydration, but he always used running as a punishment, especially at the end of practice in fifths. I know you were talking about that. When you went back to your days when you played, I mean, when you had your morning calisthenics and, and your running after practice, how did, the, how did your coaches incorporate that? Because I was thinking about it when I was playing for Coach Hicks. Boy, I'll tell you what, there was nothing worse than those fifths after the second practice of two-a-days. <laughs> oh no! Those, those sprints and all that stuff afterwards, yeah, it, that that was never any fun, and especially when guys didn't quite make it across the line and you had to do them again. Yes, you know, remember those? Yes, yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And then you're then you're then you're over ready to kill your teammate. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, that was funny. I mean, that was the one thing that uh, 
you don't see much of now. I mean, like Coach Fuente, they never did that. They felt like that they ran enough during the course of practice that they didn't do much running after, if, if any. Same thing with Brent Pry. I mean, they really don't run that much after practice either, so it's kind of a changed model from what it was back in our day when you took salt pills, right? Yeah, <laughs> but that's right. You, you know who else was good friends with him? Was, uh, the, think about the battles, man, between Northside and uh, Jim Hicks. Oh, Jim Hicks. And Joel Hicks and Pulaski. Man, how many years did that go on? Oh, oh my, my goodness. Those are some of the best high school battles. I mean, yeah, absolutely. He was such a great guy, a great coach. What he did for all those young men up there through the course of the years and trying to improve facilities. Just fantastic. Yeah, it's a big loss. It is. And an unprecedented move, right? He was uh, the OC at West Virginia. He just got – he soured on the college uh, coaching aspect of it and wanted to go take over a high school program. You would never see that today, right? Yeah, Somebody. probably not unless you couldn't get, couldn't get back into college somewhere, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that's something else. Yeah, he was a, a heck of a mind, heck of a coach, and mm. – Probably the best shaped coach of all time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, you felt no, very intimidated. <laughs> yeah, he ran a marathon a few years ago. Absolutely. Set records all over the country. So, mm-hmm. well, so what are you going to do with your day now since you have the uh, the last game? What are you going to be doing down in uh, Greensboro? <laughs> well, we got shoot around at, uh, I think, 1 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock. So we're going to go to uh, Greensboro Day School and uh, have a little mini shoot around there, and then we'll come back and – so there's not as much time as you think, and then we'll have to go over there pretty quick as soon as our first game is over. Well, true. So we can set up. So it won't be too much time here today. But moving forward, if they let you stay set up in your own spot for the rest of the week, if you continue to win, uh, then there will be some days that you'll have a little bit of free time. So we'll see. Well, have a great call tonight, Mike, and good luck starting your run of uh, five straight days here tonight uh, with Tech against Notre right. Dame. That's right. It's going to be fun. You know, I'm, you know, it's one of those things, right? I mean, you look out there and you talk. I was talking to Perry Clark after the uh, game where at Louisville, and he said, you know, you you're, you guys are one of those teams as a coach you wouldn't want to play right now This is the way they're playing and the way they can shoot the ball and space the floor and all those things. And I said, yeah, that's you're right. It is. Yeah, so yeah. You, you just don't know if they can get on a run. That would be fantastic. Coach will have them ready to go, and you know they understand what happened last year. So I think they'll be ready. They will. They will. Well, Mike, thanks a lot, man. You're the best, brother. Appreciate your time, and have a great call tonight. Thanks. Appreciate it, and congrats to Kenny Brooks and the women. Man, oh, what a yeah. run they had. They're Absolutely. playing awesome. It's unbelievable. They're going to be number one seed. I think they're going to get number yeah, one seed. Should be. They should be. Should be. They better be. They better be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Deserve it. All right, man. Have a great day. Good luck to Coach okay. and the Hokies. All right, man. Take care. There you go. I That's see, uh, the Hall of Famer, Mike Burner. Great stuff from Mike as he'll be on the call tonight with Zach Mackey as they get ready to rock and roll. And hopefully, we'll be listening to Mike and Zach for quite a few days in a row coming up. Like last year. Why not? Why not? We'll take a break. We'll come back. Jermaine Farrell in about seven or eight minutes. Bottom of the hour coming up shortly. Talking Highlanders, they're talking Hokies. What the heck are you even talking about? If it's local sports you seek, look no further, you found it. Don't you know? Talking about More BDST next on the WRAD Talk Network. She keeps them always shondo in a pretty cabinet. Cake, she says, just like Marie Antoinette. Building a remedy for Christian. All right. 
bottom of the hour hit about to come your way, and then we'll segue into Jermaine Farrell in the second half of the program. Thanks to Mike Burnham. David Smith at the top of hour three as we motor along on a Tuesday. Stay with us. More coming up. Thanks to Mike Burner for joining us. David Smith coming up in just a little bit. I'm a man. Here on this Tuesday afternoon. Joining us now on the program, he is the sports director at WFXR. The X marks the spot, Jermaine Farrell. Good morning, Jermaine. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good this morning. How about you, young man? Doing okay, or man. Old man. Yeah, or yeah, morning yeah. Cold. yeah. Some mornings you feel a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, it's windy as can be out there. It, it is. It is. It's great kite flying weather if you want to wake up in the morning and fly one. It is. It is great kite flying weather. It is. Uh, I want to get into the uh, high school uh, basketball tournaments here in a little bit, Jermaine, but um, we lost our coach here in Pulaski County. We lost Joel Hicks. And I know you've covered high school football for a long, long time, and nobody that I know really has a greater appreciation of uh, the history and the legacy and the impact of high school coaches in every community. And Joel Hicks, um, what he done, what he did when he came from West Virginia, he kind of revolutionized the entire sport, to be honest with you, and th- throughout all the areas. And I just want to get your thoughts on uh, Coach Hicks. I'll tell you one thing. You talk about one of the greats in our area. You have, we have a lot of great coaches. And, you know, Joel Hicks, definitely one of them. You know, what he did to, to really get the Classy County Cougars football program rocking and rolling. I mean, they weren't really successful. And then he gets there in, you know, 79, and he, he flips that switch. You know, they start winning games and start having success, you know, competing for state championships. You know, we interviewed him uh, back in 2020. We did our Super Bowl uh, players uh, that played in the Super Bowl. Gary Clark, one of his players. And we went back and looked at, you know, some of the interviews and, and everything like that. And Gary, he gave, Gary Clark gave him so much credit because, you know, nobody, you know, Gary Clark, you know, obviously he went on to James Madison and, you know, winning a couple of Super Bowls with the Washington franchise. And, you know, he sent out film. You know, really helped him get recruited. Nobody was really, you know, looking at him, and then all of a sudden got him done. He did that. And all he did, did, did that for Gary Clark. He did it for so many other people. You know, he impacted so many people. I mean, when you have a field named after you, you're doing something. So, uh, and obviously uh, a legend. And, you know, I went back and watched the interview we did with him. And, you know, he's just, 
you know, it's being a Pachman Patriot, you know, you know, we were rivals with, with Coach Hicks and I tell you what, they, I mean, I, there's one game I do remember. He was, you know, my senior year. You know, he sent me out a loser. And, <laughs> <laughs> my senior year, you know, uh, you know, Mr. Duncan, Brian Duncan, you know, kicked that. I mean, we were we were beating Pulaski twenty-one to seven, and then the fourth quarter, two touchdown lead, and they came back, beat us twenty-four twenty-one. Mr. Brian Duncan uh, with the field goal to beat us at Victory Stadium and. And it's just, uh, you know, I always remember him wearing those shorts. You know, it could be minus 30. I asked him that. I said, you know, you wore those shorts. He said, well, you know, it's okay. I'm good. You know, but it was an intimidation factor. Everybody else was bundled up. He's out there with his stocking hat and the, the jacket. <laughs> <laughs> but he was so, I mean, that was intimidating. I'm looking at Coach Hicks and then, I remember I was running a track meet, and then he, you know, he was talking to me about, you know, how you guys doing up there, and you know, and then he would go to visiting locker rooms yes. and just praise the other team. Yes, which, you know, that yes. was, you know, not the main coach would do that. And his battles, obviously, with Salem and Willis White and those teams, and you know, everybody. I mean, we think of the, during that time period. Just think about the coaches you had in the New River Valley area. I mean, you had coaches. That were just so good. I mean, you had a, you know, you had a coach like a, you know, a, you know, Dave Chris, you know, a Norm Lindenberg, you know, and even Frank Beamer at Virginia Tech. I mean, that whole area. And then right. of course, you know, Winfrey Beal and that neck of the wood. So, you know, you had a lot of great coaches, and and, and he surely will be missed. And you know, my my thoughts and, and prayers go out to everybody in the Pulaski County community. And uh, obviously, on March the 18th at Joel Hicks Field, I mean, it'll be packed with uh, people oh. sharing memories and their thoughts and, and everything like that. But, yeah, truly one of the greats. And I always had respect for him. Definitely had respect for him. And, and, you know, anybody can do what he did in his career, you know, deserves all the glory and all the praise. So, you know, God bless him and, and uh, his family. And I know, like I said, you were very close with him. You played for him. And, and what he did for you in your life, too, was uh, impressive. So he'll um, definitely be must. Jermaine Farrell joining us on the program, the sports director at WFXR. Well, uh, last night, boy, we had some barn burners throughout the area and some uh, terrific results here, at least locally, as Radford High School edged out Floyd. They played four times. It came down to a one-point game in Class 2. George Wythe in Class 1 edges out Auburn on the boys' side. Northside uh, continues to roll with a close win against Cave in Class 3. The Pulaski County girls survived free throws late. And they knock off Tuscarora in Class 4. They're playing for a state title. And Carroll County uh, had a really nice game against LCA. I mean, just your thoughts and uh, what chances do you think we have to crown some state champs here coming up? And then you didn't mention my Patrick I forgot about your Patrick. I just saw that. I know. I I forgot. Yep, congratulations to the guys in purple. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's right. You know, let's start from the top, work our way down. I mean, we got five teams left. Patrick Henry, they knocked off the defending state champs, Highland Springs. And you know Highland Springs is known for their football, but they're good and bad. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but for them, and it was a packed house at William Fleming, and uh, they won. So Patrick Henry, they're going to play for their first state championship since my senior year. The last time they won it was 1992, my senior year. Wow. When uh, they, they, yeah. So think about it. It's been 31 years, and, and Coach Jack S. Worthy knocking on the door, finally getting the chance. And that's really the only thing that's really eluded him. He's been at Patrick since 1996, replaced Woody Deans. 
I mean, PH has only had really three since in my lifetime at 74, they really only had three coaches, you know, coaching the boys' basketball team. So you think about longevity, they've had it over there and they've had success. And, you know, it's been a while since they've had a chance to hang a banner and maybe look to do that Saturday at one. But one team that hasn't hung one in a while, EC Glass. I mean, EC Glass. I mean, last time they were in a final championship game, go back to 1967, and that's when they won it. (laughs) Right. They'll play the Verona team that is there to defending champs right now, Verona, out of the Richmond area. So they'll play that. So Patrick plays Saturday at 1 against Woodside. Uh, Woodside, they won the championship 2005-2004. And then, of course, EC Glass faces Verona as uh, they've won the championship twice, 2018-2022. And so, but then Northside and, and K-Spring, that was a battle. I mean, it was a packed house at Hidden Valley High School. I mean, it was. I was sweating in there. I wasn't even playing with it. I mean, it was packed. <laughs> Felt <laughs> and, like uh, you were so, playing. <laughs> yeah. but, but really, but really, when you look at Class 3 and the boys' side, it's been Northside and K-Spring that's been in the running in the, in the, the conversation. I mean, Northside won it back in 2019 giving Billy Pope his first title. You know, K-Spring won it in uh, 2021 and then the COVID year, uh, and then uh, or 2020, uh, and then uh, they won it last year. So they were knocked off as defending champs. They faced a Hopewell team. They won it in 2021. So that's going to be a good battle. And then you get down to Class 2 again. What a, a, a game for Rafford and Floyd County. I mean, those two teams – battled right down to the wire and to win it in overtime. A lot of close games of uh, Rapper getting the win by a point at the Deadman Center. And let me tell you one thing, you know, this is Rick Cormier time. You know, when you talk about high school basketball, you talk about legendary coaches, we talk about Coach Hicks and some of the others, but, you know, Rapper with a chance now, they, they, they got a tall task against John Marshall in the nightcap, 36-30, but why not? You know, hey, once you roll that ball out there, anything can happen. So, you know, congratulations for Rapper getting there. And then George Witt and Auburn playing for, like, the, the sixth time. <laughs> it's just crazy how teams can play each other six times. And so they will play Lancaster. They knocked off Alta Vista. And uh, so, but, yeah, 45-42, a lot of close games. You see a theme here, a lot of close games in, in there. And, and, of course, George Witt, last time they won it all was 2008. They'll face Lancaster Thursday at 2.30. And then on the girls' side of things, Pulaski, they really have been so close in winning the state title. Been to the finals in 2019, 2021, and then 2023. So they love the odd-numbered years the last few years. <laughs> uh, to, to beat, uh, it was a free-throw line. Yes. I mean, free-throws mean something. I mean, you know, Glasky hit theirs. Tuscarora didn't hit theirs. So right. that's really right. the difference in that game. But we're at Christiansburg. So Pulaski faced Hampton. I mean, Pulaski... The last time, I mean, actually, they were in the championship in 92. It was the same year. In fact, here's a little crazy stat for you real quick. In 1992, Pulaski girls, they played for a state championship. And, and also Patrick boys and also Northside boys. And uh, Walt Derry, he, he had like 28 rebounds in a championship game. And he owns that record for most rebounds uh, in a state championship game in any classification. Well, his son, Brooks Derry, plays for Patrick Henry, who they're in the finals. So just, just some symmetry right there. Just there. <laughs> it's a very great storyline. And it, uh, Hampton girls, they last uh, won it in 2007. So they, they're there. 
And then, of course, Carroll County, they have been rocking and rolling. They're, they're the defending champs. Oh, my goodness. And uh, they have been, you know, Alyssa Irvin. What can you say about her? I mean, she's pretty like this. Pulaski is like the lawnmower, and their opponents like the grass. I think that Carroll County only lost one game this year. Right. But they have been, in, they've been dominant. And, you know, they're really cooking something down there. And one thing, you know, they've been looking at – they're looking now like a program. They're building a program. And then, of course, next year – Class three is going to be even more competitive on the girls' side because Pulaski County drops down the class three, so you you know things get a little bit tougher there. But it's great we got seven teams in our area looking for a state championship. Now I know I threw a lot out there, but to answer your question, which you know I felt like I went on a, a no, it's good know, a run there, but very good. I think I, I feel confident. I mean, each team I think they have a chance to win the whole thing. Yeah, because we get down to this time of the year, no one knows who you are, and no one really knows what type of you know play you got. But I feel pretty comfortable and confident that uh, we will get a team that will win a state championship out of this bunch. And it's going to be a fun time down in Richmond. I mean, so many uh, interesting combinations and so many teams. And then the fans. I tell you what, you know, the fans have really been fired up. And I tell you what, once again, the local fans will show up with their Road to Richmond shirts and, and all that. It's just been a great time and really looking forward to seeing what our teams can do down there. But, yeah, kudos to all the teams that made it to the semifinals, but even more to make it to here because this is it. You know, Rick, this is the last game, win, lose, or draw, that you're going to have this season. And it's been a great basketball season. He is Jermaine Farrell joining us on the program, the sports director at WFXR. And uh, before I let you go, we got to talk about the Tech basketball programs. The Tech women win their first ever ACC title. They're likely going to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. I mean, how about that? And the Tech men, well, it's a daunting task, Jermaine. They have to start their gauntlet of trying to win five games in five days starting tonight. Well, first of all, let's talk about the women. So right now, the ACC championship trophy belts. The title belts are in Blacksburg for the men and the women right now. Right and now. <laughs> by seven days, the, the title belts will be there. <laughs> but, you know, great, great job. Kerry Brooks, what, is, what an amazing job. He's really built the program. I mean, we give him his flowers right now because he's rocking and rolling and playing their best basketball. You know, we talked about when they lost to Duke, I think that kind of changed things. It, it, it did. lit a, it it did. a switch on them. Yeah. And, you know, they've won like 10 or 11 in a row. And, and right now, they, they went from basically, you know, trying to even get a double by in the women's tournament. And now uh, women's uh, ACC tournament, now they're, they're going to be a number one seed. I mean, you know, and, and here's the thing. They didn't beat any Ham and Eggers during this running no, stretch. No, They beat a bunch of ranked teams, which that's got to be something the committees that look at. How are you playing right now? Who's You're playing your best ball. And they're doing that right now, and it's going to be jumping. I think the castle might sell out. I think it's going to be jumping for the first two rounds. I mean, they're they're going to host, but it's a matter of seeding. And I think they have a you know when you have a Liz Kitley, and then you have like Georgia Amore, who's one of the best guards in the country that really no one's talking about. I mean, you're talking about some other players out there like Caitlin Clark in Iowa. But I tell you what, I, I'll put Georgia Amore up there against anybody, and we've seen her grow in front of our eyes. I mean, she is really taking control. I mean, she, she set the record for three-pointers in the ACC tournament, 14. You know, she was the MVP of the tournament. So, really, she's been rocking and rolling, and then other support, other players are making contributions. Taylor Soul, you know, and, uh, you know, Kayla King, you know, who's uh, was uh, 
the teammate in high school, you know, of Elizabeth Kitley. So they're getting it from role players, too. It's not just Kitley and Georgia Amor. It's other players. You know, Taylor Soul playing well down in there. You know, DeAsia Gregg is doing her thing. So this team has the potential. And by you being a number one seed, it gives you a shot to get to the final four. So we'll see what happens there. And then you look at the Virginia Tech men. I mean, if you look at their draw, Rick, it's not a tough draw. I mean, if there's a dark horse, a team that could get on a roll again, and again, we were looking at it again, can can they win? The key is, Rick, five games in five days. Can you do it that much? I mean, you know, you win the first two or three, but then you get to the middle part and then – Okay, where are your legs? How are you feeling? And all these games they'll play will be the night games. So I guess, you know, you're not jumping out the gate. But then again, players want to play. And I think, you know, Mike Young, he's looking at this team and he's saying to himself, hey, why not us again? So can they put together another magical run? I think they can because their draw isn't a tough draw. But again, they're going to have to get a lot of rest. And, you know, hey, Greensboro's Greensboro. So we've seen it happen before where you have had magical moments and magical uh, play down there. So it's going to be a fun time down in Greensboro. And, and I tell you what, I, I, I like Tech's chances. And uh, we'll see what happens there. I mean, obviously a lot of people are talking, you know, Virginia, you know, they're the co-champs at ACC. And, again, what a run, you know, for Tony Bennett's crew. I mean, for the sixth time in the last 10 years, they've either shared an ACC championship, won it outright, or been in the, won a tournament title. So, you know, they're going to be a tough beat. In fact, I think if the bracket sets up, I think Virginia and Virginia Tech would meet somewhere down the line before the finals. So that could be another matchup there. But, yeah, it's going to be a fun time down in Greensboro. This is your crown jewel event, you know, the ACC tournament down in Greensboro, which I wish it was there every year for the men. But, I, I know Greensboro will be in a rotation, you know, over the next few years when they do the next uh, group of, of sites uh, when they do that. But, yeah, it's real. It's basketball season, baby, Rick. You know, and, you know, obviously, it's, you know, a couple of tough losses for the Radford women. You know, they, they had some tough – and the men, you know, had an opportunity there, you know, in the chicken center, which they didn't serve. But, uh, you know – Correct. Uh, you know, Highlanders are looking good, and I think the future is bright. I mean, you got some – some youngins down there doing their thing for both programs. And, you know, the Liberty men had a tough loss uh, by a point. And, the, again, that came down to free throws. So, uh, Liberty women are still on the run for the A-Sun tournament. James Madison women, they won the uh, Big South. I'm sorry, not the Sun Belt. Sorry, the Sun Belt. Wouldn't it be interesting if they matched up James Madison and Virginia Tech women? <laughs> but I think James Madison will be a higher than a 16 or even a 15 seed. So, a lot of good basketball, and we're just getting scratching the surface with March Madness. All right, man. Well, listen, great stuff, and I know you guys will have it all covered at WFXR. And enjoy your week and your basketball coverage, and we'll connect again next Tuesday, my friend. That's right. We're ready for it, Rick. And again, thank you for all you do. And again, my condolences to you. I know, like I said, Coach Hicks was, you know, you were very close with him. And um, my my thoughts and prayers again to you and his family and and again I mean what, fun I tell you I, I I got a history lesson when I interviewed him back in twenty twenty that was awesome I mean if, if there was ever a guy you wanted to interview and we got so many great legendary coaches but good stuff and, and good stuff by you because I mean you you gotta you gotta share the chicken story did, did you somewhere, <laughs> somewhere along the line did you get any bojangles down oh that would be a negative. That would be a negative. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't happen again. Yep.
Yeah. Well, well, get him. Get him. You got to give him as a sponsor. Maybe that's that's what it'll take. Maybe that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> All right, brother. Stay safe in your travels. You too, sir. Thank you. There you go. That's Jermaine Farrell. Yeah, we got to figure out something about that. There's something's not right there. Nah, not one piece. Not one piece of Bojangles. None of the Bojangles Arena. I know. I know. Crazy. Great stuff from Jermaine. I mean, he got you covered there with the high school playoffs. That's so good to hear. I mean, I hope he's right. I hope we crown as many state champs as possible here locally. We'll be back to wrap up Hour 2. Remind you what's ahead in the Power Hour. Miss something? Oh, you missed that? Well, here it is. Listen to Big Dog Sports Talk anytime. Yeah, we missed you so much. Available wherever you get your podcasts. BDSD will return in a moment on WRAD. Hour two in the books. Power hour coming up. Our NFL correspondent, David Smith, joins us. The Radford University Hall of Famer. Offseason's kicking in high gear. Quarterback situation starting to take care of itself all over the league. Stay with us. The power hour. Get ahead. 